Okay, we gave you the de definition. Have great, great regard for and appreciate it. So we said if you esteem something, you will learn to recognize its value and therefore desire to share it with others. You won't share what you don't value and appreciate. Amen. All of us have certain things that really trip our trigger. We have hobbies and interests that we have no problem sharing and talking with other people about. Because we esteem it. So we need to esteem God's word. Job 23, verse 12, Job said, I've not departed from the commandments of his lips. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So do you think he esteemed it? Yes. Then we said, number two, you must place absolute confidence in the integrity of God's word. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void or without fruit. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. We also told you that, you know, you don't need to get uptight about sharing Christ and witnessing and knowing a lot of Scripture. We, we just talked about it's our job to plant. It's our job to water. And it's whose responsibility to give the increase? God. Okay, it's that simple. Then we said we gave you the last one, and we gave you the example of the woman of Samaria who met Jesus Christ at the well. And we said your testimony, number three, must come from a personal encounter with Christ. So all of us, it's easy to share. How many of you have had some spiritual experiences through the years? Sure, we have there's times when we receive a rhema from the Bible and, and it just opens our understanding. There are times that we have experiences when, when hands are laid on us and we're healed and we sense the anointing and we receive prophetic insight and direction for the future. Those are all important things. And uh, you have to, you know, share Christ from your own personal encounter with him. But if you don't spend time with him on a daily basis, how can you share him effectively? If you don't, if you don't get your you know, nose in the Bible you know, more than once a week, if, if you don't you know, spend time in prayer every day, if you don't get to church consistently, you're going to have a hard, hard time sharing. Amen. Now look at uh, uh, John 3.16. Anybody know that scripture? John 3.16. How many times has that been quoted? So we're going to go on to the, the fourth one. If you're going to share Christ effectively, you must have a genuine love for the sinner. You must love the sinner. Say, I must love the sinner. Guess what? You were one. And you say, well, you get this religious, you get around religious people and say, well, we're all sinners saved by grace. Yeah, but they have, it makes you feel like you're still a sinner <laughs> when you get around certain people. You are, according to the word of God and because of the blood of Christ, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have right standing with the Father. You don't have this a sin consciousness, you should have a righteousness consciousness. You should not see yourself as just a sinner. Amen? You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. Yes, we do sin. 
That's why we have 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's the scripture we use. If you miss it, if you sin, you just say, well, Father, forgive me. I am sorry. I repent of my sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And you know what he does. And you're in right standing again because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, John 3, 16, I want you to see something. We're talking about you must have a love for the sinner. And John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the church. What's it say? For God so loved the world. What's the world full of? Sinners. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world or into a world of sinners to condemn the world, but that through the world that the world through him might be saved. Now, the, the woman at the well, remember last week, if you weren't here last week, then you're just going to be confused. So just don't listen. Did, did Jesus condemn her? He did not condemn her. Did he read her mail? Thank God, thank God he did. From the word of knowledge, he read her mail. Her mail. He, he told her, oh, you've had five husbands, and the one you're with right now isn't your husband. And did that get her attention? But he, did he do it through saying, you're a sinner? No, he did not. I want you to see from John 3, 16, God loves the sinner. And, you know, I was thinking this morning as I was standing there worshiping, and many times I get quiet, and my, many times I, won't, I don't sing. I just I, I try to listen. And I'm, I'll, I'll share this with you. Through the years, I've had people in the church, and don't worry because they're not here anymore. So we're not going to embarrass anybody. But I've had, and I would consider some of these people leaders in the church. Brad, you listen to what I'm about to tell you. And I can remember on more than one occasion, this individual or these individuals would come to me. And they'd say, Pastor, you know so-and-so. You know what they're doing? Do you know what they were like, what they came out of, what their background was? And I just don't think it's right. And I thought to myself, and I'd even go home and talk to Kathy, and I'd say, you know, so-and-so is saying this about so-and-so. And I thought, I thought we, the church, are supposed to love sinners. Now, you remember what I'm going to tell you. If you have somebody, especially in a leadership position, come to you and start pointing out the sins of other people, nine times out of ten, they are in sin themselves and doing the same thing. Pointing out adultery. Pointing out somebody's sexuality and their, their past and what they've done. And I'm telling you, from a pastor that's been at it for over 30 years, when they start getting critical and judgmental of people. They have a problem themselves. And so don't be afraid to call that person aside 
and you take care of them and you take them to the spiritual wor- woodshed and you deal with them because if you don't, you're going to have a problem. And guess what? Those people aren't here today. Why? Because they were so concerned about that person's sin. Listen, the church is called to minister to sinners. Pastor Mike had too many Casey's Donuts and too much McDonald's coffee this morning. My boys, I've raised my, Kathy and I've raised our kids. They have friends. They don't go to church. In fact, Mike had a friend one day, you know, he was, he was smoking a cigarette or something. And, he, and I happened to drive up and he says, oh, I better put that cigarette out. And Michael looked at him and he says, he ain't going to get on you for that. That my father isn't like that. And I'm not. But don't get so hoity-toity thinking you're so special. I've been a Christian for 35 years. Alcohol's never touched my lips, and I've never smoked a cigarette, but I sure have had adulterous thoughts. No, well, give me a break. Don't get so self-righteous and think you're so holy and so perfect. You watch out for people that get critical of sinners. And all of you here, you listen to me. I better not ever hear you be critical of someone and point out their sins. God so loved the sinner that he gave his son Jesus Christ to die that horrible death on a cross. Romans 5.8, God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ Now, well, that person might be a sinner. And you can look at a person's fruit. Amen? You can find out, locate where there are spiritually. But I've never, you need to realize there's only one sin that's going to keep someone out of heaven. One sin rejecting Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. All those other things, fleshly sinful habits, no, they're not good. Probably not good. I eat a donut every day. So don't get so high and mighty and think you're better than somebody else. Anything, if you want to get your pastor riled, get him upset. Start talking about other people and their sin. You can probably look at anybody, even Nancy Pelosi, and that's hard for me to do. Dine Feinstein and Schumer, yeah. We can all sit here and name names. But the same Christ that died for us died for them. And it's real easy to pray now for Donald Trump. 
I had trouble praying for Obama. Sinners. What do sinners do? Sin. So you might work with somebody that might be a jerk. Your employer might not be, you know, a Christian. But we need to pray. We need to pray for people. Even the sinners. Even the ones we despise and don't like. Because God so loved Nancy Pelosi, and that's hard for me to fathom. But Now, there comes a point, let, let me clarify this, where you get into wickedness. <laughs> Just people are wicked. And God the Father talks about wicked people, too, in the Bible. But everybody deserves to hear the gospel. Amen. I know, I'm sorry, forgive me. I went off on a tangent. But it was an important one. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2. I already read you. Giving you some scriptures that kind of remind us that God, our Creator, our Heavenly Father, loves sinners. His Son, Jesus Christ, loved and died for sinners. Ephesians chapter 2. And look at uh, verse 4. But God who is what? Rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. You know, now you know why you got to meditate the scriptures? You got to get him in you that our God is rich in mercy because of his what? Great, great. Everyone say great love because of his great love with which he loved us. Now, listen, even when we were what? Dead, spiritually dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And what? Oh, these are good scriptures. Raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For what? Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, I'll tell you what, there's a lot there. But isn't that a beautiful passage of Scripture? Because it starts where we were, dead in our sin, and then we were made alive by His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's one thing to, to, to be born again. Isn't that a gift in itself? 
the greatest gift, the greatest miracle, being born again. We were dead in our sins and trespasses, and he made us alive with Christ. We become new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're changed on the inside. Not only that, it goes on to say that he raised us up together, and we sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, see, some of us don't have that kind of sitting mentality. Oh, we're just old sinners saved by grace. Amen? As we spit our chew, sip our beer. You know, it's, it's not about that. We, we, I'll tell you what, we get so focused on these fleshly habits, and I'm saying it's anything in excess is not good. I've had people get on me, you know, and they tell me about people that drink too much. And they weigh 400 pounds. What's the difference, folks? Sin is sin. I, I, I should still be out in the hallway eating donuts and drinking coffee. This is too strong for me today. It's the truth. Do you see how petty we are as Christians? How critical we are of people. When we're called to love them. Well, I'll love them, but I'm leaving them. It's the truth. I think I'm telling you here. It's the truth. What are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you you better love the sinner. Because your creator loved you. And he doesn't look at you as a sinner now. He looks at you as a son and daughter of the Most High God. Then why as we as believers, we get this mindset where we're so critical and judgmental of people because of their sin? Well, it's because they have a disease. They're sinners and all they know is what to do is sin. And I'll be honest with you, I'd, I'd rather hang around some of my sinner friends and some of the Christian people. Oh, pastor, 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 that's not right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with people like that because I know where they stand. And they're honest with me. Whereas you get around other Christians, they're hypocrites. They come and they come on Sunday morning, they put on their Sunday best and they talk their Sunday talk. But when they leave here, Now, that was all my introduction. Should we go home now and look at Luke 15, Luke chapter 15. We're committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. We're not here to committed. Some of us are committed to being critical and judgmental of the sinner. And listen, we need to love the sinner into the kingdom. Say, I must love the sinner into the kingdom of God. It's not just being critical and telling the people they got certain rules to follow. If they're gonna... No, it's just loving them and establishing relationship with people and, and being real with people. It's going to get them into the kingdom of God. Look at what they say. Luke chapter 5. Let's, 15, thank you. Luke 15. 
And I'm, gonna re- I'm just going to read this one, and we're going to stop. I want to I st- focus on this. You know, I am so thankful to my God and my Creator. And maybe some of you can look back to your past. You know, it's good that we look back to our past, where we came from where we've been brought to. I look back and I, I you know, I've been a pastor for over 30 years. But I can see the hand of God on my life even before I received Christ. I can remember as a young man in high school, and you've heard me talk about it, and I'm so thankful my father owned a shoe store, and I told you I worked in, in the shoe store, and I, I developed people skills and learned how to deal with people. But probably the best job I ever had, and to, even to this day I still say, it's the best job I ever had, and you're going to laugh at me and scoff, and maybe some of you will walk out, I don't know. My best job, Steve, was hauling garbage. What would you say? You can relate. My best job was hauling garbage in the summertime. Oh, it was so much fun. I learned how to chew. First time I showed up at the door, big old guy standing there, this little round skull. He says, try this. And of course, I'm young and naive and wanted to make friends, so I put a little bit of that in my mouth. I got dizzy. And these guys, I can still see me going, they're laughing. <laughs> the best job I ever had, the most crude, foul, dirty. I read my first Playboy magazine going down the street in a garbage truck. Now, I'm not condoning. I'm just telling you the way it was. Had the most fun. I, I was the first one there in the morning to go to work and the last one to leave. And I, it's no wonder I like junk today because I go through people's garbage all the time. And it was, I was taught. I was mentored how to sift through garbage. And so I can remember standing at cans and picking this out. And they'd say, that's pretty good. And we'd have a place on the garbage truck where we'd put it away and store it. We'd get home, I'd be dragging stuff in. My mother said, Mike, what are you doing with that? Produce from Safeway. They'd throw it out. And I'd listen to these men tell their terrible stories and foul, dirty, and learn how to cuss. Never use the Lord's name, though. I could never do it. Even before Christ, I couldn't God damn anything. Because it was it just didn't register. But I could do everything else. <laughs> I'll never forget as a little kid. I wasn't that young. I was early teens and this neighbor kid of mine made me mad and I go, You blank. And 
his mother came out the door because she heard me. Michael Gardner, you go home. I'm going to tell your mother what you just said. It was the word of all words. We all have colorful backgrounds. Don't look at, don't sit there and look at me and judge me. You've all got stories, don't you? But I was taught how to relate to the sinner as a young man, even before I accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And to this day, I have a fondness. And I'll never forget one of the first sermons when I was going to Bible school. I was invited back to the, an Assembly of God church to give a sermon. And here I, here, and I was, and it was on, it, you know, the message was on giving or something. I don't know. It was on money. And it was a small church. And in walked the door of, of a man that I hauled garbage with because he'd heard about me. And I'd changed. <laughs> I better have. And I'll never forget, and he's, he's passed on. But they were Christians, and I don't know when he had become a Christian. But I'm telling you, folks, you've got to learn to love people that are hard to love. Just did a funeral for a young man. Wasn't loved by very many. Yeah, he'd done some things wrong. But God still loved. It says, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. <laughs> wow, that's my Jesus. Not all the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious people. It says here, all the tax collectors, the scum of the earth, and the sinners drew near to Christ to hear him. How many sinners are drawn near to you to hear what you got to say? And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives, in the margin of my Bible, it says welcomes. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one, one which is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be one more, there will be more joy in heaven over what? One sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. What are they throwing a party about in heaven, folks? About the 99 righteous folk? Or the one sinner who repented? And it says, Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she's found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which was lost. Now look at verse 10. Likewise, 
I say to you, there is what? Joy in the presence of God, or the angels of God, over one sinner who repents. Jesus said, and he points it out. Does he use the word sinner? Yeah. A sinner is an offender, a lawbreaker, one who's guilty of missing the mark, one devoted, devoted to sin by choice. That's the definition I found. Sinner is the word Jesus used to characterize people without God. It's interesting And you look and you study angels in the Bible. And there's a lot about angels in the Bible. But here it tells us there is joy in the presence of what? The angels of God over one sinner who repents. So one sinner repents. All of a sudden, heaven, everything shuts down. Everything stops. Why? It's party time. One sinner repented. That's what goes on in heaven. You angels marvel, get excited, and experience joy. There's a lot of joy over one sinner who repents. Jesus... I love my Lord and Savior because he could relate to just ordinary people. The tax collectors, the rough fishermen, they'd be comfortable in his presence. He wasn't judging them and being critical of them. He just loved them. You see how we need to be? How many of you, don't you need to raise your hand, but if you're a born-again believer today and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that same Jesus is on the inside of you. So next time you are quick to point out someone's faults and sins, shut your mouth. Engage your brain. Remember who Christ is and what he accomplished, not just for you but for other sinners out there. Pray for that individual. Do something kind for somebody that's a known sinner. It's easy to invite the ones you love. It's not easy to to be nice to people you despise. I hope I made you